Hello, everyone. Welcome to the brand new season of For the Love of Books podcast, featuring Indian small press authors with a host, Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavan, Below Ledger, and Modern History Press. Today, I will be chatting with author Joanna Valley-Taylor, who will announce the details of her book giveaway of wood burnings after the reading at the end of the interview. All right, Joanna. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Growing up in Oil City, Michigan. Um, yeah, I grew up in Oil City, Michigan, which is in the middle of the Lower Peninsula. Um, and I went to high school. I took art classes in middle school and high school. And then from there, I went to Central Michigan University to, I got, I earned a bachelor's in biology and environmental policies. So I didn't follow art as a career path. Mm -hmm. um, I went pretty hardcore science as a career path. Um, I did take one painting class at Central Michigan University. Um, and then I came up to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and earned a Master of Forestry at Michigan Technological University. Okay, what year did you move up there to the UP? 2009. 2009, and you are currently pursuing a doctorate, right? In forest science. Correct. Okay. How does all this dovetail with your artwork, your amazing artwork. I've never, I mean, I've seen it, but I didn't know it had this name, pyrography. Yeah, so um, there's been a lot of different names applied to this form of artwork throughout history. And the common name, um, what most people call it is wood burning. Oh. Um, a little bit more high class or scientific word for it is pyrography. Um, and then there's actually, it's really hard to find, um, track down all the history on this form of artwork because it has many different spellings and many different terms applied to it throughout history. Um, but to come back to your question, how did this um, kind of dovetail back into pyrography is um, I've always loved doing artwork. Um, that's always been a hobby of mine. And I grew up, I never owned a camera until about two, three years ago. So if I wanted to remember something, I've done a lot of like field work in biological sciences. So if I was out working in the field and came across a plant that I did not know, I couldn't just take a picture of it on a phone or a camera because I just didn't own one. I didn't have enough financial resources. So I grew up drawing a lot just to capture images that I wanted to remember. And um, that gave me a lot of skill. And then coming into forestry um, and learning a lot about wood and wood anatomy and timber and lumber uses, um, it just kind of synced together very well to start doing artwork 
on wood. And I started out actually doing pen and ink artwork on wood. And then I kind of vaguely remembered, oh, back when I was little, you know, eight to 12 years old, somewhere in that range, I my parents gave me a wood burner and I remembered burning myself and not using it anymore, but I thought maybe I could try that again. And I did. And I, I loved it. And so I, I just have not put it down since really. Awesome. So what do you attribute uh, this art that it stuck with you? I mean, from the initial burning, you know, then picking it up again after years, why do you feel it stuck with you? Um, probably a few different factors. One is that, um, the group of people, the cohort that I work with, um, is very much like I work at the university and I work in a lab and we test different wood products and I work out in the field. And a lot of, um, the people I work with are foresters and have their own, like backyard little mills to to make lumber and then there ends up being a lot of scrap lumber pieces when mm -hmm. you trim the ends of a board to get it to the size that you sell like if you go to Home Depot or um, Lowe's and you buy lumber it's standard sizes and when you cut a tree out in the woods it's not a standard size so whenever you're making lumber you end up with these scrap pieces from the ends and a lot of times there's not a very good use for that and for me professionally being in environmental policies and being very aware of what we're using and what we're discarding and what how can we make better use of the materials that we're harvesting from the forest. I looked at this and said, this is basically a scrap material that's not being utilized as being left to rot a lot of times or burnt as trash that I can get for free and turn it into something that is long lasting, beautiful, helps people appreciate nature and an added bonus. I can make a little bit of money off it. So what kind of message does your artwork carry? I really feel like I can be very motivated to promote environmental policies through my artwork um, or through the artwork and just carry the message of caring for the environment and being respectful for nature. And I can do that both through the images that I produce and through the artwork, the material itself, because it is all scrap material um that would otherwise be discarded that even if i'm doing portraits of people and pets and other images on the artwork every piece of artwork carries the sense of helping save the environment by utilizing these scrap materials okay and what specifically inspires your artwork the beauty of nature okay 100 percent, right yes 
I looked at your book and it's beautiful. You know, your depictions of people. I love that. Then how you write about fish, that you don't understand fish. I don't either. I just eat them. (laughs) (laughs) So at what point in time did you decide to put all this artwork into this lovely book? And I have it here with me, thanks to Victor Volkman. (laughs) Um, I... The idea of putting it all into a book um, came primarily from Victor. I had such a good experience working with him, um, illustrating other books for other authors through him mm-hmm. that I thought, wow, this is incredible. This is an incredible team to work with. This is an incredible experience to be like part of the publishing process just from my point of view of illustrating and doing illustrations for other books and I thought this would be like a dream come true to put all of the artwork into a book and and be able to get it published I mean that and again back you know in middle school um for a brief time I thought oh I'd love to be an author um and then promptly dropped that when I couldn't pass any spelling quiz <laughs> and and so um, I I never really pursued the idea of writing as a career. I've done a lot of scientific writing and reports and things like that, but writing for fun um, is something that is completely a new idea to me. And I didn't write much for this book either. I compiled a lot of... Um, captions for the artwork Mm -hmm. but most of the captions come from the people that ordered the artwork because it's very special to them and they know the story behind the image I just translate the image onto wood so I did a lot of compiling and I wrote a few short essays um on my thoughts on some of the topics that are covered but um really the artwork is the main part of the book and I started compiling it as a book uh probably about six months before it came to publication um so it it covers five years worth of artwork and um it was kind of an afterthought because I had a very good experience working with Victor and he was very encouraging of the idea of me putting together a book of artwork. And the other uh, aspect of it is all the artwork we do sells. Um, and that's probably a factor of I'm not pricing it high enough, but I want it all to sell. I want mm-hmm. it to be out there in the world and be seen. And so when people ask me what I do and I say, oh, I do wood burning artwork, most people immediately think of like a sign that you'd hang up in a camp. And I, it's hard for me to verbally explain, no, what I do tends to be a little bit more detail oriented than just a sign you'd put up in your camp. So when I didn't have any artwork on hand to show people, the idea of putting it all together, all the pictures of the artwork in a book, then I could show people the artwork, even though I don't physically own it anymore hey so when can where can people find your artwork 
out and about if they go, you know, is it in restaurants or where can they find that? Currently, um, I believe that white bear maple, uh, I'm products in near Marquette has some for sale. Um, we have the winding deer path down in Geneva, Illinois, um, has some for sale. And then I was, we were represented by about 25 different stores and galleries, um, basically from the upper peninsula of Michigan down to Kentucky. Um, however, I got back into the PhD program, so I've kind of put that on hold for selling original artwork through stores at the moment until I finish my PhD. Um, we are still taking limited commissions um, or requests, um, but I'm really pushing to try to finish my PhD on time, I need to. So right now we're taking just very limited orders and then I hope to step right back into it um, after May, 2023, this coming May, um, I plan to do artwork full-time again. So can people also find your artwork in museums or in the future? Will they be able to find your artwork in major museums? I hope so. Mm -hmm. I really hope so. I do too. It's really lovely. All right, back to the book. How difficult or challenging was it to put the whole book together? I mean, the illustrations, the artwork, the verbiage, the captions. It looks pretty intense, the, the whole book. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, it was much more challenging than I anticipated. Um, I Doing the artwork for five years, first of all, is just a joy. Um, that's, that's not the difficult part. The difficult part was not having ever put together a book before, mm -hmm. not knowing like that I need release forms from every single person that had ever ordered artwork from me or had their picture that I had done. Um, so getting permission from all of the people that uh, provided reference photos from me, for, for me to do artwork from, to use it in the book um, was the most challenging thing because mm -hmm. I do the artwork and then I don't necessarily remember who bought it or who ordered it or who took the photo. Yeah. And so the artwork in the book represents kind of a shotgun effect of who I could figure out um, and get the ref the release forms in order to um, use the artwork from their reference photos. Um, and that's probably about 10% of the artwork that I did in the five years, but it, it, it's a good representation of just in general what what we've done. How about the most satisfying part of putting this project together, both the process and the end result? Um. Yes, 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 yes. The most satisfying part, there's twofold. One is 
just sitting down and doing artwork is something that I completely love. I get in the zone. I totally lose track of time. No idea what's going on in the outside world. I'm doing artwork and that is the only thing in the whole world. And that's an amazing zone to be in, mm -hmm. to be that focused and that just be able to do that. Um, I think other like musicians and other artists can understand mm -hmm. that kind of mentality is just a wonderful state of being. And then the most satisfying part to me is when I actually get to give the artwork to the person that is getting it and see how happy they are with it. That's the most satisfying part to me. What do you feel you did right in this book? That you really hit it on the nail? What you did really, you wouldn't have done anything different. Um, giving credit to the people that have helped me. Mm -hmm. I throughout the book, you'll there's different segments that spotlight different people, mm -hmm. and um, to me, like I could never do this alone. My husband is a huge part of this artwork. He does all the prep work for the boards. He cuts them to size, planes them, sands them, gets them all prepared for me. Mm -hmm. I do the doodle on the front of the board. And then um, he polyurethanes them, puts the hangers on them, makes frames if that's needed, things like that. But really, truly, I cannot do this type of work by myself. There are so many people that have helped me throughout this of donating wood and other woodworkers. Um, there's Joe Ash is spotlighted. He's in the book. He's an absolutely incredible wood carver. The, there's several people that make bowls that let us do wood burnings on bowls and plates mm -hmm. and other 3D things that there's no way that I could do gather the skills and the equipment and the tools to be able to do everything that you see here it really is a team effort and i'd like to really highlight that in the book i think that that's one of the um things that i did right is to really try to showcase the other people that have worked and contributed to this project yes i think you've done that successfully uh, what would you have done completely differently if you were to do it? <laughs> you knew this was coming. If I listened. I, I did my homework and I listened to your previous podcast. So I, I had an idea. Okay. What I would have done differently is this was nothing is ever perfect. Right. And right. I am glad that I did it and I'm glad that I'm done and I moved on to the next thing, but I would have sat down and read it through one time to proofread it before it got published. Okay. <laughs> because um, looking back over it, I did realize that um, I go back and forth between talking in first person and third person in the book. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of bugs me. Um, I, I should have caught that before it got published um and and corrected that and been consistent how about what have you learned about yourself from writing this book and putting it together it's not just the writing it's everything 
What have you learned about yourself from this project? That, interestingly, I learned that I've developed a style of artwork mm -hmm. that is almost like recognizable. And mm -hmm. so in the art realm, um, you can like see certain pictures and just know who did that artwork right. based on the style of art. Mm -hmm. And I never felt like I had that. I never felt like I had developed that far as an artist before I put the book together. Um, I just felt like I was too basically young and fresh and inexperienced mm -hmm. and had not really developed my own style yet. And putting the book together and putting all of the images in one place where you can mm -hmm. look at them all back to back, I realized that I have started to really develop my own style of artwork. And that really surprised me that I learned about myself through the process. And what is your favorite subject to depict? If there is such a thing or are they all equal or do you prefer like you talk about fish that you don't like fish is there anything specifically that you really like I really love doing um animal pictures and mm -hmm. animals and plants so this is part of the like forester in me mm -hmm. is that animals get all the attention and the plants are overlooked but the plants are just as important if not more important because they provide the habitat for the animals and so it the broad answer is I love doing artwork of nature Mm -hmm. um and trying to accurately depict habitat and the plants and animals and what is okay. really out there and be able to share that with people that aren't as fortunate as me to live and see it every day out in the right. woods but be able to take those images to more populated places where people don't get to see it as often sure. and is this your first book yes Okay. Um, I have been privileged to illustrate, I believe, eight or nine other books. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm still working on yeah. illustrating several books, and I do have several more books that I would love to be able to do in the future. Um, one after I finish my PhD, I will be jumping mm -hmm. back on that concept of doing artwork and, and series and um, try to get several more books published of artwork. What is the funniest or the most bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author event? I assume you've been traveling or did some in-person author events. So anything really funny, something that you will never forget. Um, I haven't done many, mm -hmm. um, but one, one that I did down in Crystal Falls at the library there, um, we were talking about all the wildlife and all the, every, and for all the time that I've lived up in the UP and even before I lived up here, I came up here in the summers to, to work and whatnot. Um, I've never gotten to see a moose in real life. Okay. And so that was a fairly good discussion during the book signing because I've done several pieces of artwork with moose 
and yet I've never personally gotten to see one in real life. And then on the way home from the book signing, there was a moose in the road. How cool! And so that was just like the most amazing thing ever. And and it would never have happened if I hadn't been able to go to that book signing. So I I consider that the most amazing thing that's happened was because we were discussing it and we were talking about where to go to see Moose during the book signing and everything like that. And I had to go back and email them when I got home and tell them at the library that I got to see one on the way home. Very cool. So what is next for Joanna in 2022? We're still in 2022, right? Yes. Obviously, you're going to be working on your PhD, but... As far as your artistic work? Um, like I said, I'm taking limited commissions right now. Um, and I can actually answer this in both ways because primarily I'm doing my PhD, but the research that I'm doing for my PhD in forest science is on wood burning on pyrography so i am incorporating my love of art with my skills and my knowledge um and actually doing scientific studies on what type of the the different species of trees and the lumber they produce and how that lumber reacts differently Mm -hmm. based on the species the lignin content things like that to um doing pyrography on it so that's that's my plan for the rest of the year and um the basically the rest of winter up through spring until I graduate. Yeah. Sure. I think you're very privileged that you can benefit from combining these two things that actually fit in so well. I am very privileged. Yeah, I am very very cool. grateful to have an amazing team of researchers and professors that are highly supportive of me. All right. Would you like to read to us, Joanna? I can try. <laughs> um, so a lot of this book is just captions for the artwork. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how to go about this. Um, I'm going to read basically the introduction and the conclusion because those mm-hmm. are the summary of of what we're doing um and beyond that there's a few short essays in the book but not much it's really a coffee table book or a book of fine artwork so this just basically gives you a little bit of the background um for the the meat of the book okay sounds good so i the introduction um i have one page um just introducing myself one page introducing my husband because he deserves equal credit and we're a team so joanna wallatalo grew up in oil city michigan and moved to the upper peninsula after graduating from central michigan university with a bs in biology and environmental policies she then earned a master of forestry at michigan technological university she has combined her formal education with her lifelong love of artwork to create the unique fine art while maintaining environmentalism and a strong knowledge of wood properties and biological accuracy into each piece of artwork. Joanna does most of the actual wood burnings, 
although James occasionally picks up the wood burner and does some artwork for fun too. She is primarily self-taught as a pyrographer, having done artwork in other media, pen and ink, watercolor, and oils, as a hobby throughout her life. All the artwork is done freehand, sketched in pencil first, and then burned directly onto the wood. James Wallatalo grew up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan and worked as a third-generation well driller for most of his life. Due to the physical demands of that profession, James retired from well drilling early and now invests his time in growing the new family business of artwork. He prepares all the wood for the artwork, including selecting, cutting, planing, and sanding each board. After the artwork is done on the surface of the wood, James applies a finish to each piece to help preserve and protect it and attaches the hanger to the back. Most works of art are not framed unless specifically requested by the customer, but if framing is requested, James custom builds the frame for each piece. In addition to the direct preparation and finishing of each piece of artwork, James also spends many hours each day going outside to take reference photos of local wildlife and scenery for the artwork. Taking our own reference photos gives us more control over composition and style, as well as the personal appeal of knowing the subject matter on a first-hand basis. This allows us to create unique and original works of art that represent the beauty of our natural surroundings and share the joy we have for our environment with the larger world. And then in conclusion, the Wallatalos have had a very amazing five years and hope to have this be just the start. In 2020, during COVID, the Wallatalos completed over 700 wood burnings, including some of their favorite works. The process is a journey from learning the skill involved in wood burning to starting a business to writing a book. Every step is a learning process. So this book hopes to document some of the first steps in their journey. So in looking back across the pages, it is evident that the artwork has grown and changed throughout the first five years. Not everything represented here is spectacular. Some is fun and simple. Some are trial and error. It is the Wallatello's hope to inspire and bring joy to people, as well as foster appreciation and respect for the environment through the art. We hope that you have found a few gems among the rough in this art in the artwork presented here. We also hope that you have found inspiration. Take what you believe in and incorporate it into your job, your hobby, and your life. Build a sense of purpose into your life. You don't have to start out great at something. You just have to start. Start wherever you are and build on it. We believe in environmental ethics, in trying to promote appreciation of our natural world, and this is how it has manifested so far. By utilizing scrap wood for the platform to do artwork on, each piece of artwork helps lower our carbon footprint. The subject matter of the artwork is still scattered and fairly widespread, but it is helping me develop a, a style as an artist. Taking on commissions 
in this five-year span has pushed me in new directions, challenged me to depict things that I normally would not choose to do on my own, pushing me out of my comfort zone and making me grow as an artist. I am thankful for every single person who has bought or commissioned artwork from us. It has allowed me to support my family and live my life with purpose. Thank you. Would you like to announce the details of your giveaway of wood burnings? All right. So, um, I the first person who emails you with the subject line podcast book giveaway. Podcast book giveaway. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> the first person who emails me with the subject line podcast book giveaway will receive one copy, signed copy from me, of the book J. Wallet Hollow Wood Burnings. And if you would like it personalized, uh, write that in the text and I can personalize it to you and your address. So my email is Joanna R. J-O-A-N-N-R, as in Roger, at M tu.edu. Okay, can you repeat it one more time? Yes. Joanna R. J O A N N A R at mtu.edu. Great, excellent. Parting shouts from each one of us. Joanna, you first. You're my guest. What do you want to leave our listeners with? Go outside and enjoy the beauty of nature, no matter where you are. Yeah, and my parting shots, buy indie, read indie, and write indie. And why not explore small presses like Modern History Press to tell your story? Read your local newspaper for inspiration and support your local authors. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.